Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. Uh, Today is Tuesday. It's a day late, I know. Uh, And there's a reason for that. Yesterday, really over the weekend, I was getting our episodes ready um, and I went to upload some of the recent episode, I, the, the interviews I've done, uh, and had recorded. And, uh, I realized that the hardware or the, um, I'm sorry, the hard drive that I had my interviews on was corrupted and there was nothing I could seem to do about it. So I, I was not able to, uh, pull up or find any of the interviews I've done recently. So that being said, I lost those interviews, which really, really sucks. Um, I probably lost, gosh, probably around 10, 10 interviews I'd recorded across this podcast and without compromise. And I've talked to some folks and I've um, looked up a bunch of stuff and it looks like, yeah, it's just lost. So Unfortunately, what that means is I have a lot less interviews done now. I still have some, and I still can release new episodes on Mondays. Um, But I just wasn't able to work it out in time over the weekend. I had been gone for the last two weeks in California backpacking and working uh, with my day job at Athletic Brewing. And also, I went to a big outdoor media summit, which was just absolutely awesome. Met a lot of cool people there. Talked a lot about the podcast uh, and when I was handing out beers with Athletic Brewing at Ironman the weekend before in Sacramento, a bunch of people recognized my voice from, voice from this show, which was awesome. People were like, do you host the Adventure Sports Podcast? And I'm like, yes, that's crazy. People just heard my voice and knew I was the host. That's so wild. I've, I've only had that happen a couple times. Um, but I was coming off those really good experiences uh, so a work trip, backpacking, and then the another work trip, the Outdoor Media Summit. And coming off those, get back in, I thought everything was good, but somehow, some way, uh, the the hard drive that I had all this stuff on was uh, it has to be formatted again. And, and that apparently happens from time to time, and that was the only place I had these interviews, so I lost them. And uh, all that to say, today's episode is a throwback to 2018. Um, I did not intend to have today a throwback episode, but with everything going on and having to re-record some of this stuff and see if I can salvage anything. I'm, I'm I'm 95% sure that I can't. If you know of a trick out there, please reach out. Uh, I'd love to know it um, because it's kind of a bummer. You know, you put all this time into recording and researching and, and, and interviewing and all that, uh, and then you lose it. But, you know, that that's what happens on adventures. Adventures, you, you lose stuff. You know, people... It, right here in Florida, lost everything they own, every, all all their memories, all their uh, sentimental anything uh, with a hurricane two months ago. And, uh, you know, this is nothing compared to that. So I can't, it j- honestly just puts things into perspective how, how fortunate we are. So uh, I hate it, but, you know, stuff happens and I've learned a lesson. I know to put my interviews in more than one spot, uh, which, you know, probably isn't uh, uh, rocket science. I should have done that in the first place, but now I'll definitely do that. Um, but anyway, this episode is interviewing Courtney Condi of, uh, Occupation Wild, and you should check them out. They're a job board for the outdoors, but, um, this was when I was going, trying to find a career in the outdoors. So I was really interested in this content. And what you'll learn about this show is, 
a lot of what we're talking about on the show, a lot of the interviews I do are reflecting basically my interests at the time. We're going to have a little bit more of that because that's what I'm thinking about and talking about and connecting with people on. And from 2018 to 2020, I'm kind of going through that. And so there's a lot more episodes about finding careers in the outdoors. So I hope you enjoy this kind of outdoor entrepreneurial journey that we talk about with Courtney. I'm a much better interviewer now than I was then, I like to think. Uh, The audio quality is a little higher now too. So don't hold that against me when listening to this episode. Uh, But And sorry for my rambling too. Uh, but just wanted to tell you what's going on and why I'm late this week. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and jump in. Yeah, so Occupation Wild, we're a job board for the active and adventure travel industry. So kind of different than current sites out there right now where like maybe you want an outdoor job and you go on a site and it's just like be a barista seasonally at a resort or be a waitress at Maine and you're like scrolling through stuff. We focus just primarily on outdoor travel or adventure jobs. So so how, how old is the company? Um, It's only about two months old right now. Holy cow. So you're right at the beginning. Yeah. So we're just a little baby company kind of like, yeah, just launched back in October. How's it going so far? It honestly is going really well to the point where I'm a little surprised and I've had to kind of drop some of my side gigs that I had as like more of a safety net. Um, So right now it's been really positive and I've been really happy with how it's been going. So has it been just crazy busy or is it, is it pretty manageable right now? Um, It's actually been, yeah, it's been pretty crazy busy and that's been a big challenge for me just getting better and learning more about like time management when you're like running kind of the show yourself. And yeah, it kind of just started like before we even launched, uh, I started running some like Facebook ads, just kind of trying to get people interested in to sign up for our email list. And then the first week of like running ads, we had 500 people signed up. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, Oh wow, I need to really almost like focus a lot more on getting this going. Wow. So dang, that's awesome. I mean, that's a good problem to have, especially starting yeah. out is that there's interest. So, so, so how, when people sign up, basically they're looking for a job that's kind of revolves around the travel and adventure industry, right? Yeah. So, um, most people that sign up are looking for some type of guiding or outdoor job, but like the site's totally open and free. So you can like just go on it and check out who's hiring, but we do have like an email list if people want, you know, new jobs emailed like right to their inbox instead of having to like go on the site each couple of days whenever we were posting. Wow. So so what has been the most, what's been one of the most challenging things like this early on? Ooh, I think the most challenging thing is for me is I think just doing a lot of cold calling, which I think sometimes sounds silly because obviously if you own a business you have to get comfortable with that but I think kind of when I first was building out the site and trying to get other companies interested in posting with us and paying us I would just email because I guess it's a lot easier just to send an email and then I finally got to the point where I was like all right I really have to start making calls 
So that was kind of like a big hurdle, I think, personally for me to get over is just kind of having that confidence to in having confidence in my product to like start making calls and really being like, I know you're not sure and you're not sure if you want to like give us money, but like I am really confident in this product. Yeah, it's really uh, it's really uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I know like some people are really into that whole sales role and crush it. I have friends that work in sales, but that's never kind of been my background. So it was definitely um, something to get used to. Yeah. And, and I, I was literally just talking to a guy about this like 10 minutes before you called. We were talking about the value of face-to-face conversation. Well, like conversation, not really face-to-face when it's over the phone. Yeah. It's so much more personable than email and people can hear like kind of the legitimacy in your voice and honestly that's one reason i wanted to start doing this show was like i can literally have conversations with people that i've always wanted to talk to but i don't have any other reason to if i don't have a podcast (laughs) you know what i mean um yeah no i've found that because sometimes when sending emails i would get some like really mean responses back and i found generally when you call People, like, they might not want to, in the end, post with us, but they are, like, a lot nicer in over the phone or, I guess, in person. And it kind of, like, takes away, I guess, I think some people sometimes think you're trying to, like, take them for a ride and take their money. And I think when you are able to pick up the phone and call and you're like, no, 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 I'm not trying to rip you off. I really do think, like, you'd be a great asset for the site. That's a good reflection because that, as a new business owner like yourself and I'm only a couple years in it's you really have to get used to people just saying no and a lot yeah (laughs) I actually heard a really good uh reflection on that recently actually it was one of the guests of the show who shared this video with me and it was this guy saying basically it's like putting a message in a bottle and then you just send it out to sea and you have to do that thousands and thousands of times and eventually those bottles come back with replies in them and that that's the kind of the chances you're taking when you call people it's like there's probably they're probably going to say no but this is how you do it this is like you just got to get used to it yeah definitely and just being comfortable with that rejection and i think when you own your own business it's sometimes hard and not to take it personally but a good point (laughs) (laughs) because you're like they're like oh it's a stupid idea i'm like wait a second (laughs) yeah you're like oh (laughs) And you're like, oh, well, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. So where did this idea come from? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the background of of who you are and the background of uh, Occupation Wild? Yeah, well, it's kind of a long one, but I can kind of take it back to... Uh, Just let it it, it rip. We love hearing the story behind things, so... All right, well, awesome. So I think it would start in 2015, Uh, I graduated college in 2013, and I went to Bucknell University in Pennsylvania, which is a very kind of, I want to say, like, almost a waspy, like, everyone there goes to, like, work in New York as investment bankers, and I'm from California, so I was kind of, like, the hippie person there, had a lot of fun in college, but kind of was, got in that mindset, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll just get a great job, and I'll work and work, and then by the time I'm 30, I'll make a million dollars, or something like that, and I'll then I'll have time to travel and do all these cool things or like 30 or 40 or whatever. Cause that's just kind of what I think everybody I knew was doing. 
And so went to San Francisco and had like a pretty standard corporate job and worked a lot. And in 2015, I was on my computer actually trying to buy tickets to Coachella. And my really good friend from college, Meredith Kaufman, called me and was like, hey, what are you doing in April? And I was like, oh, I'm actually like I'm on the website on right now trying to buy Coachella tickets. And she was kind of just like, screw Coachella. I found um, this deal to do an Everest base camp trek. I was like, wow. And I hadn't really done a lot of that much traveling in my life. I uh, studied abroad in Beijing, but other than that, hadn't really been on like a lot of big travels. And I just said yes and signed up for this like month long thing without even like clearing it with work. Holy cow. And so that was like... <laughs> Um, and I remember my roommates being like, wait, you just signed up for a month long vacation. You don't even have PTO. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, and kind of just, I kind of pulled the whole, you know, ask for forgiveness instead of permission. And my boss was definitely not happy about it, but was like, fine, you can go, but you're not going to get like any, we like didn't have PTO at this company. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I went out to Nepal in 2015 and was on this Everest Base Camp trek with a group of people. Um, we had like a guide and it was like, I can't remember how many people exactly we were there. And when we were two days away from base camp was when that um, really big earthquake, that Nepal earthquake hit. And... So there's like a lot of craziness with that story. And I think looking back on it, I realized it was a lot more stressful than I realized in the moment. Cause in the moment you're kind of just in that pure, like, all right, I got to get out of this situation mode. And somebody in our trekking group actually ended up dying. No so, way. Yeah. And so he was somebody who I remember I'd had conversations with him and he was somebody in his, maybe mid forties. And he was telling me, you know, he like never had time to start a family and he never got to travel because he'd worked so much. And he had just started making this a priority in like the month before this had gone to Disneyland alone. Cause he was like, I just had never even been cause I never had kids. And this was like his dream to go to Everest base camp. And it didn't really, like, hit me until later, and I was back home. I think that guy's story, like, really, really affected me. And I, you know, I was back home in San Francisco, and it felt really weird, like, going back to your desk job after having, like, gone through all of that. From there, I kind of just, on a whim again, like, I do a lot of stuff like this, just quit my job, gave 30 days on my apartment, and moved to Colorado, because I thought, oh, San Francisco's too urban, I'll move to a more outdoorsy place, and that will, like, change everything. And I'll get to live, like, a more adventurous life, which is, like, something I'd been wanting to do for a while. In Colorado, I learned the great lesson is, like, you can change locations, but if you're still just doing the same thing, like, I'm still working a corporate job, not that much changes. Um, yes, and then from there, I ended up actually applying to work as like a trip leader for an active travel company and got um, hired by them and kind of then started, you know, then kind of been like nomadic since and started this whole lifestyle of trip leading and then being an adventure travel guide. 
and it's been a really awesome career move for me. It's allowed me to travel all over the world. You save a lot of money because you're not paying for rent or cars or gas. And I got, that's kind of where I got the idea for Occupation Wild is as I was like doing all this, people would always be like, what you're doing is so cool. I want a job in this industry. And kind of like me, like it's hard to kind of find an in or even know like what companies are out there without somebody letting you know, or kind of like being like, Hey, there's this company to apply for. And yeah, so I just, you know, that's kind of where the idea came from. And I built off that. And a lot of it also came from social media. I don't have like a big social media following at all, but just random people would be like, Hey, you're always traveling. How do you travel? Like, what do you do for work? And I was like, Oh, my work pays me to travel. Wow, that's that's awesome. Where where in uh, Colorado did you live? I was living in Denver. Okay, yeah, that's where that's yeah. where we're based out of. Oh no way! Yeah, I lived in right Denver now. for. Yeah, I love Colorado. I lived there for about two years. Cool. Yeah, and uh, that's a really good reflection. Um, and I totally agree that if you don't change, you can change your settings, but if you don't change like the circumstance, nothing, not not enough changes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think I was very naive and I was like, I'll just move and everything will be different. But you really have to change more than just like your settings, as you said. Man, that rat race is everywhere, like literally everywhere. You could be right in the middle of of the most beautiful location in the world and really never experience it just because of uh, your circumstances. So recognizing that, you decided to... um, opt out of your desk job and try to adventure or not try, but actually adventure travel guide. What, so what kind of companies does occupation wild wild have on their website now? Like, is it companies that do those kind of jobs? Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. Yeah, so the majority of companies on there now are companies that do some type of, like, um, adventure guiding. And we have some, like, other things, but um, because I've worked in the industry, I do know a lot of people in it. So right now, those are, like, a lot of things, and it's kind of split between... A lot of times in guiding, you have, like, adult guiding or student guiding, so... You kind of like, depending on what you like to do, you can like work with like adults and like guide them in the, or you can work with like students, normally like high school students and do guiding. And they're both like very different and kind of just depends on what you would enjoy more. So you said the idea started when, when you started doing, living that lifestyle yourself. So, so where did you, uh, what gave you the confidence to start your own business from just working for the other companies? Um, I think I got a lot of confidence from just a lot of people reaching, like, yeah, as I said, like, people just reach out, like, people I didn't personally know on Instagram, especially, and just be like, hey, you are always traveling, how do you do this? And I'd be like, oh, I, like, work as a venture travel guide, and they'd be like, oh, well, how do I do that? And I feel like I was spending a lot of time answering those questions for people, and... I think in life and in general, you just have to like do the things you want to do now. And definitely not that I'm confident in running this business all the time, 
but it was just something, an idea, and I felt really passionate about it. And I was like, I might as well do it now or I'll probably never do it. Wow. Well, you, you know, you recognize there's an opportunity. Um, the, the, there's people that want this and apparently there's not enough other companies answering these questions for people if they're asking you. So yeah, no, that's, you're right. The, the, the opportunity probably wouldn't exist a couple years down the road because someone else probably would have put the idea together, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, because it is definitely a niche and I think right now there are companies that are host jobs for pretty much a whole spectrum of seasonal or like outdoor work. But because there hasn't been a lot of competition in that field, they're pretty, there's like sites are pretty dated. They're not really like up or current on social media or like, I don't think they really have like a pulse on actually like types of guiding. Cause I've done everything from like luxury guiding to more like trekking based. Um, so I think they don't have like a lot of understanding about that industry. Yeah. So I just kind of was like, okay, we might have some competitors, but no one does exactly what we do. And so that was a big confidence thing too, was like, all right, well, if there's no one else, then I might as well try to get in there now. Yeah. I think the only one that comes to mind for me is like, uh, I think it's cool works. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that Um, a competitor of yours? Yeah, they're a competitor, but kind of in a different way. So, like, um, when I sometimes talk to people, I think they're different where it's, like, if you go on there, it's, like, one million jobs from anywhere from, like, being a housekeeper to working as a barista to working as a waitress. And they do have some outdoor jobs, but I think it's overwhelming for a job searcher who's, like, okay, well, like, what do I want to do? Like, should I, like... And I think for us, we focus on just like, okay, do you want to be outside? Do you want to travel? Or do you want to be like super active and adventurous? We like, I've had companies come and be like, can you post our front desk position job? And I have to be like, I'm sorry, I can't because that's not, you know, that's not what I've told like the people that view the site. And I'm just going to like really stay true to our like core ideas. And not that I don't think, um, you know, other jobs aren't important. I think it just gets confusing if there's too much stuff out there. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You definitely are focused on kind of the adventure travel um, market and finding jobs that are like directly correlated with that. Um, did, did starting the company, I mean, you don't, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but has it taken a lot of money? Cause, cause basically what we do with these episodes is like, mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that want to start something or want to be involved with something, but they just don't know like what it takes. So we talk with people just like you that have just started. We also talk with people like 40 years down the road who started like some really awesome company and now it's like super successful. And we also start talk to people who, uh, who fail. So we want to like basically yeah. tell listeners, like what does it take to start an, a, a, a company around your passion? So, so yeah, like, has it been scary for you financially? Yeah, that that has been, like, a pretty stressful part is it has taken money to get it started. And with guiding, I think it's nice you save a lot of money, but still it is hard kind of to see it go. Even if you do, like, I do try to always remind myself this is an investment. I think, luckily, um, I've been, like, 
made a little more than like halfway of that investment back right now. So we are making money, which is nice, but, um, you know, I think it's always kind of scary to like put, you know, I'm not like, I wasn't somebody who just had, you know, like thousands or millions of dollars, you know, I work guiding and kind of like live off tips or like seasonal salaries. Well, that's encouraging for people though, you know? Yeah. You're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been really cool and it's kind of crazy, you know, to, um, have companies being like, Hey, we want to like pay you for another two months and you kind of watch that money come in, but also just kind of being smart about being like, okay, you know, obviously things can always change. And so just trying to always be like problem solving in current. So is it just you that's doing it? It is just me actually right now. I, um, a social media intern, but then I almost am at the point right now where I'm like, I don't know if I have time to sit down and explain this yet, but hopefully to be able to do that in like the next month or so. Interesting. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's your hustle then that's, that's making this happen. Yeah. It's really just like my own hustle. Um, yeah, which has been kind of crazy. And I do get asked, a lot of people get asked about like starting their own things or investments. And I do always tell people, um, especially coming from like the travel kind of outdoor world, is that like I think a lot of us get really used to kind of like that dirt bag lifestyle where you kind of just like don't spend any money at all. Yeah. Yes. And I just tell everyone, I'm like, you have to like put the money and the time in, but especially the money. Cause like I've had conversations with friends that want to start their own things and they're like, well, I feel like once it's successful, then I'll put the money in. And I'm like, oh, but wait, you, you're not going to get there. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's, I kind of live a totally different life through my business. Like personally, like I literally ate ramen noodles for lunch like an hour ago. And yeah. It, it was like 20 cents. And for my business, it's like, let's buy the most expensive backpack and food we can. Let's buy, let's buy the best of the best. I almost get to live like vicariously through it by spending the money that we make. Because if you want to have something that's like... um you know, and you don't go crazy, of course, but you can live a little bit more freely because uh, you got You got to think about the customers in mind. Like, what did they want? Not everyone's like me, some broke dirtbag that wants to, you know, live out of his van while he tries to start this. So <laughs> it's almost kind of fun to have the company to like blame for spending money. <laughs> no, that's so true, and that's kind of like, you know, like I'm eating like noodles every night, but then you're like buying like custom yeti coffee things yes in my (laughs) you know you're like in my real life this is not how i am at all but yeah no i was just having a conversation with somebody and i was like oh you know it's like really funny because like everybody thinks everything's on instagram but i've been having so much traffic from facebook ads and i was like honestly i just started with like five dollars a day and they're like i'm not doing five dollars a day and I was like, I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe that's just like how I see it. But I was like, you got to like, you know, 
I think you do have to put that investment down. So, so did you, with Facebook ads, is that a skill that you would take on yourself? Do you hire that kind of stuff out or you like figure it out? Um, I actually figured it out. And, um, if you guys don't mind me shouting out this other podcast, I randomly yeah, found. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's a podcast. It's called the socialette podcast. And it's this one from Australia does like five to 10 minute, like marketing tips per episode. They're really short. Say it again. It's called Social Let. So I think it's S-O-C-I-A-L-E-T-T-E. It has been so, like, anyone who, like, knows me personally has probably heard me talk about it. It has been so, so helpful for me personally in just understanding some, like, marketing things. Because, like, I don't have a degree or really a background in marketing. And, um, you know, cause I sometimes think like when you're starting something, you're like, I'm going to listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast. And then you like hear these people being like, well, I just did my initial investment of $2 million. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and you're like, uh, and so it's nice to have someone break stuff down and be like, you know what? You can just start with $5 a day. That is perfect. I actually, I'm subscribing right now cause I'm in charge of our social media and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things when you're starting off like you are, you have to wear so many hats and you have to do so many jobs and you're you're really only an expert in like one thing, but you have to do 50 when you're starting a business. Yeah. And I think like right now it's like very trendy and people are like, oh, like, you know, like it's more about like having a lot of time. So like, don't be doing something like give that to like, you know, hire someone to do that hire like a remote assistant and you're like that's great but I don't even have the capital right now to like hire someone else so I think you do have to like be like all right well I gotta do it now until I can hire someone to do it yeah and that, and that's perfect making you know I, I listen to Tim Ferriss and it's really good stuff but a lot of it especially when like some experts are brought in it's it's not, it's almost like a motivational speech more than it is like practical things that I can literally do right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh yeah, I can definitely. log on to Facebook and sign up for an ad and put $5 a day in. Um, but I can't necessarily quote, go out and build my dream because that doesn't necessarily give me anything to actually do. You know what I'm saying? So it, it is helpful oh, yeah. to have sources like this. Well, yeah, I remember like very early on when this is more like an idea, I talked to like a friend of a friend who is like really big in SEO and they kind of were like, oh, if you can't invest 50K a year in SEO, like don't even try. And I was like, wait, what? But it's nice to kind of like hear other people being like, no, you don't actually have to do that. There's like other things you can be like working on until you like get to that point. That is, yeah. I literally talked to a marketing guy last week and he was saying, oh yeah, you know, all the companies I work with spend $100,000 a month in Facebook ads. Excuse me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? I don't have $50 to put towards, like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't do it. <laughs> like, I'm not there. Like, what are you? So we just got off the phone. It's not going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, when you're like, whoa, um, you're like, okay, wow, I don't think I can afford you, but I really appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically, he was saying, I don't have time to talk to you, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, that's uh, 
it's a challenge, but it's exciting. So, so how does, uh, how different is it for you when you're doing, when you're behind all the scenes versus just working for a company like that? Um, well, it's definitely been an adjustment cause I've kind of been used to like guiding where you're like always like, you're kind of like in charge when you're guiding, but at the same time you have to like, you can't just like tell your guests or clients like, Oh, like you guys like do whatever you want today. Um, and so for me, it's definitely been like a big lesson in just like, you know, finding all that internal motivate motivation, like every day. And, you know, just knowing that like, if I don't show up, then nothing gets done. And I'm kind of like the only one keeping myself accountable. That's a really good quote. If I don't show up, nothing gets done. And it's it's uh it's an adventure and it is a uh it is a mountain to climb. Like you look at it and like holy cow, how am I gonna end up there? But if you get up every day and chip away at it, that's just how that's just how it happens. Yeah, and I think also I've been learning to give myself more space for like bad days. Like because sometimes like there'd be days where you're just like tired. And you like show up and I'd really like, beat myself up because like I didn't make any sales today or like I heard one million no's and I've just been working on personally being like, you know what, that's okay. You tried your best today and like tomorrow it will be better, um, which that's also been a big lesson for me on the other side of that as well. Know that that's going to happen and know that either will be days that you will make up for that and that everyone else is experiencing that too, not just you. And there are people like Tim Ferriss that seem like they never have days like that, but I promise you that they do. I just think it's something we have to deal with forever, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I feel like I've been, you know, just, you know, kind of going through that on a smaller scale, like one day, um, which again, this sounds like this is no money I know in terms of other businesses, but I made like $600 in sales and I was like, whoa, $600 in one day. That's like big for us. And then like the next day, yeah, you just get like, you know, like someone sent me such a mean email and I almost was like, you're like, wow. You're like, I'm not going to like cry, but I feel like I want to cry. (laughs) And you it messes you up because you're like, wow, like, am I like this like dumb or like do people think this poorly of this like product that I've like put for the past few months like all my time and energy into and then I think it's just being like you know what? actually like yesterday we had a really good day today might not be the best day but that doesn't mean like there are not more bad or good days coming now that's that's something that is so true that's something I didn't really realize until being in the middle of it is like I can have the best even I could have the best morning ever. And by that day, the end of the day, I could have the worst experience with the customer or with the, you know what I mean? With, with yeah. the, the company. And I, you have to really get used to, um, you know, I, I'm going to bed feeling like a piece of crap, but I could wake up and have a totally different kind of day tomorrow. There's no way to predict from one hour to the next and you could have the most incredible experience literally right next to the worst, but you have to just learn to not emotionally respond so much to it. You know, it's going to affect you. You can't help that. 
like a bad day, I try to just like reframe it and be like, okay, like I had a bad day and um, I've just started like climbing and surfing um, now that I have like more free time not guiding. And I'll be like, all right, so like this person sent me a really mean email, but today I climbed like the hardest route yet or that I've climbed yet and I like didn't fall. And just being like, so I did have like a nice day and just try to like reframe it and just room. I remind myself that people only people can only meet you as deeply as they met themselves. Cause like for me personally, if somebody like pitched me a product and I wasn't interested in it, I'd probably just be like, Hey, you know, I really like your idea, but that's not something I can do right now. And I just try to remind myself like when someone like just kind of goes off on you and sends you like really a mean email or like when you're talking to them on the phone and I'm like, okay, this isn't like personally about me. And just try to be like, okay, I wish this person and I try to kind of like reframe it a little bit and be like, I hope this person like is happy today because obviously they're not like super happy right now. Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. Mm, that's a yeah, that's a mature way to look at it. I I wish I could say <laughs> I do that sometimes. I just I don't like, do it all the time. Okay, but it's okay. I'm like trying to practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm just like I want to knock your teeth out, or I want to crawl in bed and hide. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I, like, definitely have those feelings. I just, I don't know. I, like, meditate a lot, so I try to be like, you know what? I honestly, I wish you happiness. I try to do that as, like, my gut reaction. But it doesn't mean, like, I don't think that works all the time because sometimes I say that, but I'm still like, oh, my God, that was so mean. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, the people, like, you got to wonder, what is that person like? What is it like to be around them? They must be they must be really going through something or just be terrible to to feel like they should send that. You know what I'm saying? Because I wish I wish people would know, like one time I was a I was a substitute teacher for a while mm-hmm. and a little side hustle. And I like I had to be a jerk every day. And I realized I wanted to tell the kids, like, hey, I'm not an I'm not an asshole. Like, I wish you guys would know that. Like I got a lot I could share <laughs> with you. And this the people that are really mean, um, towards your business it's like hey you think i'm trying to be a jerk to you like i'm just trying to do my thing i know that you're trying to do the same thing just just let's just recognize that and be respectful of one another oh yeah totally you're kind of just like hey i'm just trying to like work a job like you're working a job um i'm not trying to like i don't know like kill your whole family yeah. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been also kind of like, I think guiding is also a really interesting, like look into like human nature and behavior, but also why is that having, I think because for guiding, you see people at their worst and their best. And I think a lot of people that choose group travel, there's a reason they're choosing it. And I think sometimes it might be a little fear-based about travel, like, you know, like traveling to a foreign country alone or just with like a spouse or friend. Um, so I think you kind of like on it, I think as a guide, you deal with a lot of fear, even about stuff that you're like, I might not be like scared of at all. And you see people like, you see people kind of like at their worst, especially when I'm guiding abroad, you know, and people are getting like food poisoning or like whatever. 
but it's also kind of like helped me when like talking to people I'm trying to like pitch a business is you're just like people you know people go through a wide spectrum of emotions every day and I think guiding you're with people like there's trips I do that are 22 days so you really see like people on all you know from like the highest highs to the lowest lows yeah, I mean, there's nothing that draws out emotions like a, a, a challenging experience, especially that's like more of a journey. When it's that long, it's pretty much like a quest at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, it is like a quest. Um, it's a time where it's like I think in guiding, you try to always kind of have that like veil, but on you know where you're like, great, yeah, yeah, like okay, like, and then on 22 days, that veil is kind of like broken, where you're like. Who are who's am I guiding you or are you guiding me? I don't really know at this point. <laughs> I used to do guiding for for just week long trips, and I felt like they were a month because of how many emotions and how many experiences you could pack into a week. I can't imagine three weeks or a month. Uh, well, I started with like week trips as well, and then um, moved to a different company, and they're like they have definitely have longer trips, and. Um, yeah, it's definitely a journey. You're kind of like, so much happens. And by the end of that three weeks, even if you had like the best, most amazing group ever, you're like, I am mentally, physically and emotionally exhausted. Oh, yeah. It was the most exhausting job I've ever had. Um, for all those reasons. But yeah, that's, uh, so hopefully, you know, you, you're, what you're doing is going to help more people know what that's like by getting them jobs. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I don't want to like scare people. It's like an awesome job. Yeah, it it's is. It's just like, it's just different because people will be like, well, I work long hours and you're like, you work long hours except for like, even when I'm sleeping, when I'm guiding, you're still like, you're always on and yeah. you know, you don't get like. You don't ever like hide. You can't like get away from like your clients or guests even as much as you're just like, I need a break. You might be able to like hide behind a tent for like five minutes, but someone always has like a question or a problem. Yeah. No, uh, I was just going to say, I used to, some of my trips were high school groups and uh, co-ed and it was, you know, there would be leaders, but in a lot of ways, the authority is left up to me as the guide. Um, or as the leader of the trip. And I remember like, I'd have to position myself in between the guys and the girls tents, um, and cabins and literally like not sleep very well so that I could be mon make sure they weren't like running off in the woods together. And I would be like, if one of these kids gets pregnant on this trip, I am, I'm done <laughs> for Like that is the end of my career. <laughs> Um, it's so funny. I actually work with high school students now as well. And I don't know if it's like a new generation thing. All these kids are so good. It kind of like blows my mind because I was like, I remember how I was in high school and I did like a summer thing once in Spain and everybody was like sneaking out. And I don't know if it's like, because, um, I've mostly with these students been in China and Mongolia, which are kind of like more foreign places. They like never sneak out. They like, don't like, they're really good. And I'm like, wow, you guys are really easy in that respect. Um, That's which, good. Yeah, I know. It was like, maybe it's just like a generational thing. I'm not like, you know, before I took this job, I didn't really know anybody other than like my cousins in high school. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know a whole lot of high schools either. Not like I hang out with them or anything, but yeah. they, yeah. And we were going to national parks here in the States that weren't like yeah. incredibly far from home. And a lot of these kids had had international experiences. So I think they probably felt a little more comfortable to misbehave. Um, and it yeah. was just a group of kids, honestly. I mean, that's only happened a couple of times, but every other group with, with the same age has been great. But, um, so yeah, that's, I'm sure we could talk about our yeah. experiences guiding for hours. But, um, <laughs> so you, you mentioned, I asked you early on, like, uh, a challenge of starting your company. What, what's something that's come surprisingly easy to you where it's like, wow, this is a breeze. Um, what? Okay. I think what's kind of like came easy to me is random, like the marketing things have like kind of been making sense to me. But then also I think the the bigger one is just, I like built the site and, um, I built it on Squarespace, which is easy. It has some custom code injections in it that I had to like learn off YouTube, which was not easy at all. But for me is like I'd pitch the site and then people would be like yeah sounds great the site's beautiful we'll do it and wow. I was like wait really that's it um and I have some like bigger names on there in like the that industry and that's kind of been like the most surprising part and I just had like a really big client which was like one of the top people in the industry like they talked oh you're talking about like good reviews like reached out yesterday and was like we just want to say like how happy we are with like your work on this and we've gotten some great applicants and like, we can't wait to like renew with you in January. Um, I think even though I've kind of talked a lot about negative feedback, I think what's come easily is just like talking to people, um, being like, Hey, like I see you have this guiding job and we'd love to like, you know, this is kind of how we work with rates and this is what we do with marketing and advertising. And they'll be like, yeah, sure and that's crazy it's been really crazy feels to the good point where doesn't like, it it feels really good i've been like wait are you like messing with me are you like joking um and you're like oh okay cool and you like send them an invoice and they pay it and you like build out their pages and then like there you go wow it's just it's yeah. just doing that like that's that's what it is that's what building a company is all about and yeah, I'm looking through your companies, and one that sticks out to me is Backroads. That's a, a company I almost worked for, and I really like their trips. And I was a bike, uh, I toured on a bike for a long time in college. And uh, wow, that's a pretty good sized company, along yeah. with all these other ones, too. Yeah, no, and we have like a lot more coming towards like the end of this month because like people's hiring cycles are just kind of opening up now. And yeah, and I talk to people like people. Um, so like part of Occupation Wild is if people want, they can pay $20 for like a lifetime membership. And then I like the company, aka me, we give like resume and cover letter advice and like some interviewing advice for the industry. And I do tell that's like a big thing. Like when you're guiding, like you kind of have to be like, hey, am I more someone who is like so hands on and can give that best best customer service and work at like the Ritz Carlton, you know, or am I more somebody who wants to like backpack and lead people like backpacking through Patagonia? Cause there's like a, such a wide range in guiding. It's not just like, you know, I sometimes think people think there's like one type, but I was like, there's a lot of different guides and everybody has their own guiding style. Wow. This is awesome. So 
Um, any parting advice for anyone that wants to uh, start their own business in this in this uh, outdoor adventure world? Oh, I would just say like just do it. Um, I know that's like kind of like simple advice, but I think this industry is so cool because like everyone benefits from people getting outside more. And if you have an idea and you sincerely think like, oh, I can put in like the time and money and effort into it, I would say go do it. I like do tell people like think about like, hey, can't am I actually going to like follow through on this? If maybe you're like, uh, no, then don't. But I think if you're like passionate and love what you do, like that really shows. And I think that will take you far. Awesome. Well, yeah. we will definitely plug um, Occupation Wild and anything else yeah. that you want. But uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. Um, this is awesome. Love talking to fellow guides and outdoor people. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, we wish you all the best and I uh, hope you have a good one. Yeah, you too. Have a nice day. First of all, Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.